welcome back to another box to box episode another champions league episode because we have three back to back match weeks <laughs> month plenty of action but it feels like there's not plenty to talk about at the same time for some reason obviously arsenal juventus was the big on match day one this week on match day two was real madrid chelsea and we got a little upset at bayern munich as well <laughs> Well, go- I like the way you've said that that one wasn't the big game because... It wasn't supposed to be. To be fair, you were like actually nervous about that. And I was like, I was, oh, yeah. I'm going to be fine. So you kind of like, you lost, but you, you infected, win by being correct. You infected me with that Barcelona going to be fine because I said it on TV. And I, <laughs> I was like, Siobhan asked me, literally, asked me, she's like, what do you think? And I was like, Barcelona's going to win. And I was not that confident beforehand. Oh my God. But that was, and you know what, in the beforehand uh, with Ashna, hey Ashna, how are you? Um, I said 2-2, it's going to finish. So, I mean, it's it's far off now, but I just wasn't expecting kind of Barcelona's runaway with it, and obviously it didn't. So, but we'll get back to that. Uh, Jesse, how have you been enjoying these matches? Yeah, and I did. started real quick. Nobody has qualified for the quarterfinals as of yet and there's only no Wolfsburg have have they already because St. Poulton and Slavia Prague drew uh, so now Wolfsburg okay. are through so one but, yeah it's just still quite low considering yeah Wolfsburg couldn't they needed results to go their way mm. basically to go through um but they did um yeah I think it was a bit of a weird match week because obviously Chelsea and Barcelona were the two teams who could have if they'd won they'd have gone through and neither of them did but I also think just generally match week four in these things is often quite strange because I think teams start to like get a bit more cagey and get a bit more worried about kind of their chances. And I think realistically we didn't see many good performances at all. Um, Like I thought Wolfsburg were pretty good and obviously Bayern Munich, like that results mega. Um, So that's probably the standout result, but I think otherwise it was kind of like quite uh expected week that is fair and for context we're going to go through kind of the two big groups obviously Chelsea's group and Arsenal's group so Chelsea sit with 10 points at the top PSG are now second with seven and Real Madrid sit third with five so next week PSG Real Madrid all to play for in Paris pretty much for that second place qualification spot uh, the same pretty much in Arsenal. Arsenal 10 points, Leon 7, Juve 5. So, I mean, that Leon-Juve game on the last match week is going to be big, but I think it's very dependent on how Arsenal-Leon do. Mm. Because if Leon beats Arsenal, then that's that kind of cements that Juve are not going to qualify, basically. Yeah. Um, so we need, for the sake of entertainment, we need Arsenal to get something from Leon. So... Leon Juve can just be a cracker. Um, but next week, PSG Real Madrid on the Friday in Paris. Home advantage is quite evident, I think, in PSG. I don't know what you think, Jesse, if Real Madrid can actually get something from that match. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if they could, given how Real Madrid have generally played. I wouldn't write them off, but I do think PSG are like finding they found a lot more form. And I think you've seen Sandy Baltimore kind of be reintegrated back into the squad. And 
that's just offered them like a totally different option. Whereas at the start of the season, she was kind of in and out. Um, I think there was obviously some off the field stuff. And I feel like they've now got, you know, three really exciting threats going forward in uh, Diani, Baltimore, Lika Martins. And then you've still got players like Ramona Bachman, Jackie Ruin, and who you can rely on. And I think having watched Real Madrid, like that's what's really stood out for me is they just don't have enough players who can make stuff for them. Like obviously Caroline Weir, I think, is the standout, but we know like Naomi Fella, Athenia are like really talented players, but I don't think either of those two are at the level yet where they can really make the take difference. the game, yeah, by the scruff of its neck. Mm. Esther is <laughs> Esther, like I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> the guy on commentary last night was like, Esther, like this amazing goal scorer. And I was like, really? Um, but sure. Uh, so I, I think I would back PSG, I think in terms of form and, and personnel. And I still thought they were better than Real Madrid in the away fixture. I thought they were quite wasteful. So I would back them to go through. It would work quite well for Chelsea, I think, if they got the win, because it would take, well, it would mean Chelsea PSG would basically become a, just this match for like to go through at Stamford Bridge top. But um, I think the way these groups are going to go, like I was really worried about coming top versus not from a Chelsea perspective. Um, But the way these groups have gone. I think first and second place are just equally as bad to get. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's going to be eight good teams that go through. I mean, the obvious thing is like you come second, you get Barcelona. Like that's what no one wants. But aside from that... I mean, with that defending against Bayern, I think uh, it's not too scary anymore. I'd still back Barcelona <laughs> to beat anyone over two legs of football. Yes. But, yeah. but I do... One comment I do have to say about PSG, apart from the attack, I think there's, their defensive back four is like quite solid. Like, when you look at... it's So, their last league game, it was Karchawi, Dalmeida, your favourite. My gal. Amanda Ilisted and Ashley Lawrence, which is, like, quite a decent back four. Because when you look at other teams, it's the back four that's usually lacking that's not mm. being able to kind of support the attack. Um, but then you have, yeah, like Diani and Lika Martins. Actually, Lika Martins didn't start this last um, league game. So that's something. Um, but then you have Lika Martins coming off the bench and all that stuff. So it's still quite scary. And then you have all the younger players of Lorena Fazer, for example. Uh, Pichy are just stacked. But now, I mean, we've always said that, that they've been stacked. They just don't really have a good management of playing to a certain football that kind of benefits everyone. Um, but PSG Real Madrid, you're saying PSG when it's at Parc de France, um, so quite a big home advantage if everyone shows up. That's gonna be quite a good game to watch. Um, uh, but moving on to the next group, Arsenal Leon Juve again. Arsenal ten points, Leon seven, Juve five. What do you think? Firstly, before we throw it ahead, Arsenal Juve. What do you think of that? It was so boring. <laughs> It was so dull. I was like watching Barcelona and Bayern on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like it was a lot. I feel like if we watched it at home, we would have been more tactically and technically aware of certain things. If that makes sense. What you think? Because we were cold, our brains froze. Yes, quite literally. Because I was, uh, I think, once it got to the sixty-minute mark, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to go home, and I just kind of stopped paying attention to kind of details of the game. I think um, I did joke. I will say something I always find annoying about Arsenal is even when they're not very good, they're like quite dull. Whereas I feel like Chelsea, it's like when they're bad, it's like fun. 
exciting stuff. You know, even like the Real Madrid game yesterday, like I actually thought Chelsea were fine. Like I'm not that deep on the performance at all. Like I think it was fine. Um, but even so, that was that was getting fine. This is what I mean. You've got like a chaotic own goal. Um, <laughs> no, you've got a chaotic goal given away, and yeah. then you've got a hilarious own goal from Misa Rodriguez, the penalty rebounding in off her head. I'm like, even when Chelsea are kind of bad, they still like, just create like just stupid shit. Um, that's why they're my favorite football team. Um, whereas this, I felt like. I thought Arsenal were good in the first half without needing to be. Like, I just, I think we all know that Juventus aren't a great team right now. And Juve kind of had the first big chance. And maybe if they'd scored that, um, the Caruso header, was it? Maybe it would have been different. But um, yeah, Juventus came back in the second half and like Arsenal just were kind of content to sit back. But even when they, like, Juve like had more possession, like, they never really. Never really felt like they were gonna score. I didn't think. No, it was what was interesting to me. I think in the, it was like for the last five minutes, Jonas went for Jonas went for a back five, mm. which I was like, is it is that really necessary? Like I'm yeah. assuming it was maybe just to give Jen Bidi a bit more time, like on the pitch. But at the same time, like was that really necessary to give her five minutes and to go into a back five when you were sustaining pressure quite well already? Um, what did impress me, I don't know, we can we can talk about this. Uh, he moved Caitlin Ford into that central striker role before he moved Viv Miedema into that role. I don't know what mm. you thought about that, but I, I, I really need Viv as a nine. The way that Arsenal are playing right now and the way and everything that's kind of put on the line, especially ahead of the winter break where we play Chelsea um, in the first match coming back. I think Viv needs to go back at the nine. I mean, we've always said it, but I think more now that she's kind of getting back into form, she's never going to get into form in that 10 position. She looks, she has looked really good. Um, I was quite relieved Cena had such a bad game because I did rather publicly. Well, I <laughs> I didn't say what people said I said, but I said that I don't until, there will always be questions about Stina until she scores more goals when you've got Viv in the team. Her assist was nice, but she had a quiet game, so... Yeah, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to this game. She's going to score a hat trick. Everyone's going to laugh at me. And then she actually, like, once again, missed like quite a few good chances. So the assist was good, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I still think this Arsenal attack doesn't work. And I think what I noticed the most, um, because the game was at the Emirates, you get the nice high up view, was how narrow Arsenal were. And I think, you know, when you've got Katie McCabe on the right, she's always going to, like, want to come in and be more narrow. And I think, you know, we talked about. Um, her doing something similar in that Spurs game right at the start of the season but this one felt like it wasn't a tactical plan it was just like natural. that she didn't have the you know natural width and I thought Laura Wienreiter had a really good game I thought she and, did well. I thought Caitlin had, had a really good game in terms of cutting off uh, Juve's playing out the back uh, yeah. I think she was quite she was quite quiet on the attack but she actually touched the ball quite a lot like if you look at highlights a lot of the highlights just the highlights and then the match as well. But like a lot of the balls go through her at one point. Mm. I thought she had a lot of touches on the ball, but I also thought she was really good at getting the ball back uh, when Juve was kind of trying to play out. She disrupted a lot of their game um, and got the ball back a lot of the times to keep onto possession, which, um, yeah, that, that was that was just something quiet that she was doing that really impressed me that I think she did really well. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about like Arsenal's kind of attacking players, like, you can't fault, like, their work, right? I think, you know, having Katie McCabe and Caitlin Ford, especially, 
they're two players who are like, yeah, they will like fight for every ball. Like they will fight to make every touch. I do think it's just they, without Bev Mead, they struggle to have any natural wit because Caitlin Ford's also not a player who you really associate with kind of hugging the, the touchline. And to that extent, I wonder whether Katie McCabe would be better on the left because I think she could provide more of that if you could then play hmm. Caitlin Ford on the right instead. I think the thing that's kind of weird, I don't know what you think about this, is there's obviously been kind of like rumours linking Arsenal to Senior Brun, which I feel like is just such a weird signing because it's like she would be exactly the same player. It's an unnecessary signing, I think. Well, she's like a player who can play wide, but ultimately wants to play centrally. So yeah. like, I don't understand how it's any different to any of the players Arsenal I need, have. I need Arsenal to go for someone younger. Yeah. Very bluntly. Yeah. Well, I, need... I mean, obviously Gio, bringing Gio back is yeah the kind of obvious thing, but I don't know if that'll happen. I have no idea because I mean Beth made I think what is kind of contagious about her style of play is the energy that she brings onto the pitch yeah so and at the moment you know for Arsenal don't really have that energy on the pitch as we saw against Juventus so I think bringing kind of a, a younger player that I mean let them run wild like mm. give them the width let them go 1v1s let them put crosses in and kind of everyone else adjust to that like not in a bad way but it's like if no one else is going to be doing it you might as well just unleash kind of a chaos agent this is what i mean like arsenal boring they need someone on the pitch to be like yeah i agree yeah i agree with that i think we need that but i don't i don't think that's Jonas's style of player either yeah i think Jonas likes to prioritize control yeah um and you know even looking at the back five like that i think that makes you know, that's why he's doing that. I think it doesn't have to be a bad thing. And I think, you know, control can get you quite a long way. And we kind of saw that with Arsenal in the Champions League last year even, right? Yeah. But there are going to be points where you come up against teams who have control plus flair. And I think that's what Arsenal are missing. And it's kind of funny that if you look at Arsenal and Chelsea, I'm like, I'd say Chelsea often have flair, but little control. Arsenal have control, but little flair. And it's like... <laughs> They both need to come to somewhere merge. in the middle. So if they're really like, oh my god, should we make our ideal starting eleven? With <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Uh, actually, here's going back to Chelsea. A random question: What do you think of Lauren James yesterday? <sighs> that is a big talking point. I she she unimpressed me, but I don't know if it was because she mentally stooped down to Real Madrid's level. She struggled to get into the game, yeah. And I think with Lauren James, that's going to be a natural part of the process of watching her get used to playing those kind of games. Mm. Um, You know, it's easy to forget, given I think how high-level her performances have been, that she hasn't played many high-level matches in her career. Like, no offence to United, but... United doesn't play in Europe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you are being asked to come up against different styles, against teams who are going to maybe focus on you in a different way. And, you know, like her performances have have pushed teams to focus on her more, right? Because everyone knows what Lauren James can do now. I think generally lots of Chelsea's attacking last night just felt very tired. Hmm. Um, there was a lot of misplaced passes, which um, you can kind of see that. I mean, and, threatening to have a shit assist, assisting match. Yeah, she used them all up against Leicester. But I think something that's interesting as well is, well, I think the halftime substitution is very interesting. Mm. Obviously, the Magda Eriksson one, that felt deep. When I saw Neve Charles coming on and I was like... That was, I, 
I would like to know, do you think that was more tactic? Because Magda was getting heated up quite a bit. Yeah, I think it was. I think Hayes felt like Magda couldn't deal with Athena. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is fair because. Yeah. 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 I thought Neve was really good going forward when she came on. And I think maybe that was it as well, was like, you know, Magda's never going to offer you an attacking threat at left back. And then if she can't even offer you kind of a defensive solidity, then it is a bit like. I was just, I was watching the game with Ashna. Hi, Ashna. And I was just joking, like, if you'd looked at that um, back four from the Champions League final and you said in, in two seasons' time, one of them won't be playing for Chelsea or, like, one of them will be hooked at half-time for a Chelsea Champions League game, it wouldn't have been Magda. But there it was, Neve, yeah. Millie and Jess Carter for the second half of that match. Jess Carter, full 90 minutes. That impressed me as well. I thought she looked rough, though. <laughs> no, she, that's why it impressed me, because she... If you're going to take Magda off for that reason. Yeah. That was also the interesting thing about Lauren is like Lauren was dropping back and filling in for Jess Carter yeah. at right back a Jess lot. Carter, Jess Carter couldn't keep up with Real Madrid's kind of threat off the wings, which we famous, everyone famously knows mm. that Real Madrid's threats are out on the wing because you're not going to get that play down the middle like you usually do. And so this kind of comes back to like what I was thinking about the substitutions is last year Chelsea had this problem where... Emma Hayes would like make a lot of changes for a game and then they'd look rubbish and then she'd have to change it all at halftime. Yeah. And this season, I've been really impressed in that we've not done that. You know, even against this Le- the Leicester game, it was like, we're going to play a pretty first choice starting 11 and we're going to hook everyone after 50 minutes once we're 5-0 up. Yeah. And then to go and see this team, I was like, firstly, I was like, wow, this is like an incredibly defensive team. It felt like we were going there for a draw when I think we could have gone there for the win. That's but to play that, Jess Carter and yeah. Jesse Fleming, like yeah. that's quite negative in my opinion. I think that's what bothered me the most about this game is that even though both sides needed a win, none of them came out to actually play for a win. Yeah. I think that's what made this match so dull was because both teams were just happy to kind of take it with the flow and see how it goes rather than actually, all right, let's go out and win this basically. And that's, I think that's really what really kind of let the game down of the actual perspective of what it was supposed to be. Um, let's go back to the Arsenal group. We're jumping back and forth, basically. Arsenal-Leon next week at the Emirates Stadium. A must win for more Leon than Arsenal because of what we said about if Leon draw or lose, then it's all to play for in Leon Juventus for that second place. I really want Leon to get out of the group if I'm very, oh my God, that would be amazing. Um, it's it's amazing for different reasons, but I would just find it really interesting for Leon to get out of the group um, because of this kind of invincible shield that they seem to have around them for so long. Yeah. Um, Arsenal, Leon, what are you saying? I think it's Arsenal's to lose. I'll be interested about the crowd at the Emirates because it was poor against Juventus. And to that extent, it made the game, I think, not feel great. Yeah. And obviously the Lyon games also at the Emirates. I think Lyon will have a big advantage if there's, again, only 6,000 people there. Yeah. Because I feel like they'll take like confidence from that and they'll they'll still feel like they've kind of got a winning mentality. That yeah. being said, like, Leon are, like, just really average right now. And yeah. in my um, opinion, Arsenal should beat them. I have just realised this Sunday, Leon PSG. Yeah. Big, 
midweek Leon Arsenal starting 11s for Leon. Do you want to give that a go? Because it's a shit show. Yeah, well, so Damaris is back, right? Yeah. So that's the big thing. Yeah. So it looks like they're kind of going for this Gilles and Renard together. Yeah. And Sombath's been being used right at right back instead of like Janice Kamen. And she's historically is... not been the greatest against top opposition. Yeah. I think um, that's just, I think that's just down to again to an experience of playing against top opposition in Europe specifically. I think what will be really interesting for Arsenal is um you know, trying to contain Leon's left side mm. because I think that's where their strengths are right now. Um, and without Beth Mead, I think that would be a big ask for whoever's playing at right wing. Like normally I'd back Beth Mead to kind of be able to contain Selma Basher or at least put, you know, like make her not think about going forward so much. I don't know if Basher will feel the same if she is up against a Katie McKay. Who would you put up against Selma Basher? Well, I mean, but this is Arsenal's problem. I, I guess you. I think it has to be Katie McCabe, right? Arsenal yeah. starting eleven writes itself right now because they don't have any other players. Yeah. Like it sounds like Lena Hertig won't be back. Um. So um, they're gonna have to play. I think that Lena Hertig. That Lena Hertig injury isn't being talked about enough because that's if we had Lena Hertig, that would have resolved a big problem on the wing. To have yeah. at least like another person that's good enough to play on the wing and you know score goals and, and assist as she naturally does. I think she she does it a lot more naturally than Stina, I think, at Arsenal specifically. Um but yeah, Selma Basha, Melvi Malar, I think Melvi Malar is also has had a good start to the season. Um which is nice to see because I do like Melvi Malar as a mm. player. She's a very wholesome person as well. Um but who would you start in the midfield trio for Leon and Arsenal? I mean, aren't Leon pretty much just stuck with it being Damaris, DVD, and Haran? Do they have anyone else? Because uh, Henri's out. In the Champions League, Ines Benyahia. Mm-hmm. I completely butchered that, but they've. I think they've been rotating that midfield a lot, mostly because Damaris has been injured. Yeah. Um, but I think they will probably stick with that DVD, Haran, and Damaris, or Marotan as well. Depending oh, yeah. on has she actually played any minutes yet though? Yeah, yeah, she has. She was yes. uh she started in the league. Okay. Dijon. Um Viv- well Leon definitely feel like they're getting their pieces back more so yeah. than Arsenal are, although obviously I'm sure we'll have Williamson and Rafaeli starting by that point, presumably. Who's your starting Arsenal eleven? Like in the midfield? In the midfield and attack. That face of utter child. Listen, <laughs> if it was me, I would play Volti, Nobs as the eight, yeah. Marnham as the ten, yes. Viv as the nine. Yes. I think, we're, I, think, I think we're all in agreement. In agreement. Yeah. I think but that won't happen. No, because Jordan came on as, as a winger against yeah. Juventus. Um, I think we're all in agreement of that. I would like Katie on the left, Caitlin on the right, Viv in the middle, Nobs, Marnham, and Valti in the mid in the middle three. Yeah. I think there's there's like there's no doubt about that. Yeah. But that's never gonna happen. It's gonna be Valti, Man and Viv in the middle, Stina, 
central. I think it's going to be. It's I think it will be yes. It same will lineup be, against with Rafael instead of Russell. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Which I don't know how I feel about it to be honest. <laughs> um, let's go to the ma- last group. Um, we're gonna seamlessly skip uh Wolfsburg's group because they've they've got that kind of the too long don't read on Wolfsburg group is that Eva Pyora is really good. Amen. And Spend is strange on Stotter is really good too. She's she's had a great start to the season. I think she's gotten the it's crazy she to fit into that. Yeah, but it's crazy she's not had as many minutes. And yeah. then for Jill Rod to go off after I mean it'll be interesting to see what Jill Rod's injury is, but for Jill Rod to go off after 50 minutes and then John Stotter yeah. just to come on and absolutely like rip Rose's defense to shreds. Yeah. I mean, fair play to her. Yeah. I mean that's what Wolfsburg are that combination of control and chaotic. They are. Yeah, I hate that I like them as a team. I know, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, down to the last match, uh, Bayern Munich, Barca, 3-1 for Bayern Munich. Barca's only goal was from a high-press Salma Baradu. I, I always struggle with it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, go right to say it. Now what it? Como se dice? Parayuelo. I always have to think about it. So, uh, Salma, <laughs> it was a high press. Um, keeper just couldn't get her the ball off her feet. Um, high press, easy turnover. So, I mean, the fact that the one goal was from that was pretty shite to begin with. Um, three Bayern Munich goals, awful defending from Barcelona. <laughs> to put it, I mean, that was literally awful defending. I don't know what the f- they were doing. It was really bad. Um, yeah, you you got to watch this a bit more than I did. Um, what do you think? I'll, I'll say my thoughts after, but what do you think of it? Yeah, I thought obviously it was a game that was very decided, kind of, well, felt decided by game state, like for Bayern to get those like two really quick goals. It was so funny. In some ways, it was such a Barcelona playbook. <laughs> you just like hit the team really quickly, like straight from kickoff kind of take them by surprise, score two really quick goals, and then what once they're now having to attack more, you kind of have an opportunity to pick them off a bit. Yeah. I still, I mean, I don't maybe I shouldn't do this because I did this in the Lyon game as well in the, the final. I was still like, I could still see Barcelona like getting a point here. Um <laughs> I think it was bad. For context, everyone, it was 2-0 for Bayern Munich in 10 minutes. Opening yeah. 10 minutes of the match. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So really very funny um, is my main conclusion. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, I definitely think Barcelona have kind of lost some of that sheen that they had maybe last season and the season before. Yeah. I think even we've seen in the, the Liga F games, you know, they had to have a late comeback against Sociedad at, at the weekend. Um, They're struggling. It's it's quite impressive to see them playing so bad and still be better than most. Yeah, yeah, and and that's true. And then they'll, you know, always be a team that can do that. But I think, you know, it's it's interesting for Bayern to be able to go and get like what was a comprehensive yeah. win in the end. I think there are kind of question marks over Barcelona's goalkeeping and something else that I thought was really interesting. I'd be intrigued to hit hear what you think is uh Marc Andres friend of the pod tweeting that um Barcelona's like away form in the Champions League 
this year and last year has been pretty poor, with the exception of when they visited the Emirates. Yeah. And it kind of tracks, right? They lost to Wolfsburg in the away semi-final. Was it to Kerr? No. Yeah, to Kerr that they... Was it just a scrappy 1-0 win? Really scrappy win. Um, I think they beat Hoffenheim quite comprehensively away as well, but uh, struggled against Real Madrid in the away quarterfinal. That's Obviously lost. That swift throughly that Wolfsburg match, please. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lost the Wolfsburg one, lost the Lyon game away. And then even this season, Rosengard away wasn't... A comprehensive win. Like, wasn't it. a comprehensive win. And, you know, we've seen Benfica beat Rosengard home and away at this point. So... We know that Rosengard are a beatable team. Um, and it's only in Europe, which is quite impressive, because obviously within Spain, they're still able to keep up that consistency. But I, I don't know what it what it is. I think German teams just have historically upset Barcelona um, mm. quite often. So you can put it down to that. But I think their away form is quite weird. But I don't know if, for example, this match, it was you won 3-0 at home. So you have that certain confidence level of going into a match where you think you can comfortably win and it just doesn't go your way. And it's quite, like, it's such a cliche thing to say of you just went overly confident and you played like shit because the whole collective team against Bayern Munich was bad. It wasn't, like, grand individual errors. Yes, there were in every single goal. But as a collective, it was just really bad. And you don't often see that Barcelona side. And the last time that we really saw a really bad Barcelona side was against Wolfsburg in that away match. Um, and luckily, obviously, Barcelona had already qualified. I mean, it was, what, one goal that Wolfsburg needed to, to almost yeah. kind of push it through. So it wasn't like it was, like, a comfortable kind of loss either. Like, it was struggled. And, and again, Barcelona just, they're not at their best. They're not the same Barcelona that they've been before. They're not having that fluidity. And you can put that, I think you can put it mostly down to injuries because of the amount of shifting that players have had to do. And just naturally with other players, you on top of that need to, need to do rotations. And Jonathan's decent at that and giving players rest. But I just don't think there's been enough consistency. And when you go into a game overly confident, this is what happens. And yeah, and listen, like, Barcelona were never just Alexia Puteas, but that's a really, really big player to not have to play yeah. for you for. Yeah. I think now, now that Mariona's back, I mean, she didn't really have a good game either. Um, but now that Mariona's back, you might be able to start seeing that consistency and a bit more fluidity on the, the attack that she brings because no one brings a game like Mariona does onto the pitch. Um, what position does Mariona play? She plays Mariona. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, so I think once you get that attack back, you might be able to start seeing a Barcelona that looks more like a Barcelona side rather than whatever they are right now. Yeah. Because um, then you have Rolfo and Mariona on that left side and Rolfo plays much better with Mariona because of the Mariona tracking inside, Rolfo being able to overlap and have that confidence to go forward. Um, and I think... AMC and Lucy Bronze, I don't know what I think about that combination just yet. Mm. CGH is a big miss too. Because, I mean, the thing is that CGH and Marta Torrejón specifically, what they bring is so specific and Lucy Bronze hasn't been able to kind of click together with someone else yet. But I mean, I think CGH just brings, despite not being able, being able to click with Lucy just yet, she just brings so much more than AMC. And I'm, I mean, AMC is literally on fire, right? Like she's been playing extremely well. But it's just not that same kind of swaggy fluidity in the... Yeah, it's the difference between being, like, a good winger and, like, the best winger in the world. 
yeah basically <laughs> to put it to put it very bluntly yes um so it would i think everything's going to change once gado's back which no one really knows the time frame on that necessarily if you have gado mariona rolfo lucy on either side of the wings like it's that that's going to be an interesting attack um and then also you have the problem of oshwala just being really really bad again yeah um but yeah i think i think byron had every right to win this game and that was and that was i would have loved to see a fully fit byron squad with hannah glass and julia gwen against the fullbacks of barcelona i think that would have changed the entire game um, but yeah, anyway, Barca Bayern on nine points equally in the group. So they're both going through. It's just a matter of, um, I mean, Barcelona does have 13 goal difference and Bayern has one. <laughs> so that's a slight detail. Um, but yeah, Barca Bayern going through, obviously. Now, yes, throwing it forward to next week, Arsenal, Leon, and PSG, Real Madrid are the two big matches that could be decisive. I mean, Juve, to be fair, need a win against Zurich. We can always see an upset. You never know. Um, we're just giving that everyone's going to beat Zurich and <laughs> or Zurich scored that banger against Arsenal that's now forgotten about. Yeah. That, think... was awesome. that was one of the best goals of the season so far, easily. Yeah, it was a good goal. Was... Was I was impressed by Zurich when I watched them, but, you know. They're I not bad. They're just but not. They're just always going to be a level yeah. below. We can have the conversation of a Women's Europa League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had that conversation like five times this week, basically. <laughs> because of these small teams, just not being able to progress against bigger teams in Europe, but they're good enough to play against other European teams, basically. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to comment on before we go off? Don't think so. I think we've, we've covered it all off, yeah. Yeah, we've covered it. We'll come back next week, obviously, after two big matches, hopefully with good news for Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah, well, I think Chelsea just need a draw against Lazio to go through. So yeah, it's I'm just... feeling okay about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you say that with uh, much confidence. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, it should be. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. The PSG Real Madrid match is on a Friday, so we'll be we'll be back on the weekend. All right. Yeah. Be fun. All right. Hey. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and see you next week.